Amazing. Okay, so welcome everybody. Um, as you know, we will take this Twitter space and we put it on our podcast. You can listen to it wherever you consume your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, um, or even the Market Across website, marketacross.com slash podcast. Um, today, we have a very, very cool guest with us today. His name is Ronnie Levy. He's been with Market Across for a long time. He's um, He's an account director. He's very he has a very 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 keen sense on journalism and that's exactly as you know the angle that we like to talk about from this podcast and we want to unpack the main story that's been kind of dominating headlines for uh at least a month now and uh we imagine it's gonna be something we're all paying attention to for for even longer than that um I think Ronnie is the perfect person for this one because uh, he has an amazing knack for journalism. And if it's even my place to say, or, or be the kind of person that decides that, but um, I ask him for help with this kind of stuff all the time. And he's also just super knowledgeable in the crypto space. Like he actually explained this whole debacle to me uh, in a way that made me finally understand it. Um, so I'm really happy to have him here as a guest. Um, if you guys haven't guessed yet, uh, we're talking about the FTX drama, um, to put it very, very, very lightly. Um, but we want to talk about, A, um, how it's been covered in the news headlines from a crypto perspective, and also how it's been covered in headlines from a media perspective. Because as you know, or as you might know, there's uh, there's more than a little discrepancy there. Um, so, Ronnie, if you just want to say hi, uh, if you want to say a couple words, of course, you don't have to. But I'd love to get this conversation going with you, of course. I don't. Um, cool. And Tal, of course. Uh, yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> we may have lost him for a second. <laughs> Yeah, we Ronnie's kind of lost. He's trying to get his uh, turning this off. Apologies for the technical difficulties. Now, I actually maybe I'll hear Daniel. Than I've ever heard you before. Oh, you can't hear me. Turn off the ringer. Maybe. Hear me? Do you hear me? You hear? Yeah. I can hear you. So I just don't hear any sounds. Can you? <laughs> Wait, Todd, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Todd, so maybe just put your phone on speaker and you can kind of both participate from, uh, from your second. phone. Daniel. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we'll we'll listen through my phone and you know, every every time you want to speak, just use no you do this oh. on your phone. Okay, make cool. sense. Yeah. Or they want me to keep this open. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'll keep this open as well. That's. So one of the coolest things about working at Market Across is uh, that we see each other every day, almost every day. Unless you're walking from home. That's right, uh, which we do every once in a while. So 
Um, or you're globe trotting and traveling to crypto events like Daniel. <laughs> you're globe trotting and traveling to crypto events like me for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, we definitely have kind of that hybrid vibe going, which is cool. Um, cool. Okay, Ronnie. So thanks for bearing with us with uh, all the technical stuff. Um, and we really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, as I said, we'll be sharing it on our podcast, on our socials and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, if you want to give a quick word, otherwise we'll just start asking you questions about all this stuff because you're the expert here. Um, of course, Tyler and I are, are not necessarily noobs, but, uh, we do, <laughs> we do appreciate your insights specifically for sure. I'm happy to share whatever you think I might or might not know. Um, <clears throat> we probably have a very similar level of knowledge, but uh, <laughs> but but nonetheless, uh, I'm I'm really happy to be a part of this. Uh, I see you guys have been recording these shows for a while now, and uh, definitely felt a little bit of FOMO. So excited to be here. Cool, and yeah, I I hope it's uh, it goes without saying that this will be your first show of many. So we're always happy to have you. Let's maybe start with something else. Only how's the bear market so far? Quite for bearish. You, for you. For me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Everyone's talking about millions of dollars lost and blah, blah, blah. And uh, nobody cares about what's, what's happening in the VC world and the exchange. What's happening to you? What? what how do you see Well, thankfully, I'm not losing millions of dollars because I don't have millions <laughs> of dollars to lose. Wish I had that problem. Um, to be honest with you, not too much other than I'm definitely trading a lot less, like 95% less than I was even in like May or June. Um, there's just not a lot of, not a lot of things happening. There is occasional volatility and there's opportunities to jump on things. Like when FTT was going down, you could have definitely jumped on it and shorted it and made some money or whatever, but is it still being traded? It is still being traded on oh, some exchanges. I think the derivatives contracts are gone oh. on most exchanges, but uh, you can still buy the actual token. I'm pretty sure. Um, was... I'm pretty sure you can also still deposit money into FTX. Last <laughs> 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 oh, Wait, okay, Ronnie. So this is actually the perfect segue. So uh, I think in like normie land, as we like to call it, um, people are... They, they know something happened, but I don't think they actually know the depth of what happened. And um, you explained this to me, but it was like, it, it kind of started hitting the public eye in, in July, but people or in the summer, but people didn't really, people didn't really notice it. Um, with the, in with reference the, to the bear market or, or in reference to FTX? FTX. No, the bear market. Ah. <laughs> I guess it's been like a year. Well, yeah, the thing, the thing with FTX, at least from how I understood the whole situation, I don't think anyone really fully understands this thing except Sam. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm not even sure Sam fully <laughs> understands it, <laughs> but uh, he's definitely the most educated on it. So from what I understood is that in the summertime was that Terra Luna, which popped off in the beginning of the year, even towards the end of last year, started to make a lot of noise, climbed its way up the charts from like, I don't know, 
bottom, you know, bottom half of the top 100 all the way into the top 10 at its peak in like what April, May. Um, the whole world was trading it. They were on top of the moon. They were they were big sponsors of an MLB team. Like Luna was the shit. And then, poof, they crashed. Um, what you know? However, it happened. It happened. Some want to say it's a scam. Some want to say it's by design. Whatever it was, ultimately it tanked. And when it went down, it caused a lot of institutional money to disappear as well. And that includes the most well-known institutional brand in in our little crypto bubble. Uh, at least you know was the hottest name of the last couple of years, which was Alameda Research, which we know from a PR perspective. Anytime Alameda invested in something, it was automatic that it was going to get picked up by the big crypto outlets. So we knew Alameda was becoming a big authority. Uh, They had taken a lot of big bets and had panned out on a lot of them. They were almost viewed as like wonderkins that were killing the trading game and were seemed like they had a leg up on the competition to some degree. Uh, But even... The ones who seem the most invincible have their points of weakness. And what looks like what happened was that Alameda lost a lot of money in the Luna fiasco. Um, and that left them strapped with no cash and a lot of investments that they had committed to. There were startups coming to them every day asking for money. And they, they must have made a lot of commitments and didn't have the money to, to shell out. And... It seems like what happened was that Sam Bankman-Fried at some point consciously made the choice to siphon customer funds out of FTX and give them to Alameda to help them try and recover and probably was hoping that he could clean up the entire mess before anyone was able to figure it out. Uh, However, it seems like he over-leveraged himself and the entire position of FTX and Alameda and the most powerful person in crypto noticed and struck while the iron was hot. Uh, CZ, the king of uh, the, the king, the CEO of finance, excuse me. Um, <laughs> you were going to say the, the king of the crypto. The CEO of finance was not happy with uh, the way that Sam Bakeman fried was approaching crypto legislation in Washington, D.C. Uh, he felt that Sam was trying to make a play to put FTX in pole position and leave all the other crypto exchanges in the dust, including Binance, who obviously are not viewed so favorably by the American government to begin with, um, but even yeah. more so with uh, with potential federal legislation coming. So CZ then saw an opportunity to, to share some FUD on the FTT token, which obviously is uh, one of the most foundational pieces of FTX exchange, which as we know, was the, like, the hottest brand in 2021, 2022 in all of crypto. Um, and he announced that they were going to be liquidating their entire position, which, by the way, a lot of people didn't know this, that Binance was one of the original investors in FTX and had a 20% stake in it. Um, they were slowly like getting out of that position over the last couple of years, but we're still holding a ton of FTT. I believe it was like $2 billion worth of FTT or something like that. And CZ tweeted i think it was november 6th or 7th or something around that week that he wasn't happy with what sam was doing and that they no longer supported ftx and that they were going to be liquidating their entire ftt position and once 
he tweeted that the whole the whole market got triggered price of ftt started to go down some more fud was spread out there that ftx didn't uh wasn't really able to cover uh cover a lot of their expenses because most of their balance sheet or most of alameda's balance sheet was uh you know was um calculated in ftt so if the value of ftt goes down 20 30 50 percent in one day then you can imagine what how much at risk their leveraged assets were and what ended up eventually happening was that people got scared customers of ftx five billion dollars worth of money was pulled out of ftx in one day on the same day ftx only had 900 some odd million dollars in cash couldn't cover the losses and that was it the rest is history boom Wow. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for justifying exactly why I wanted to have you explain all of this, because um, I think that's just like, so well, like so eloquent. And uh, I think it also shows your knack for journalism, because you just like, stated all the facts. Uh, So that was really cool. And I appreciate that. Uh, But there's a lot, there's just a ton to unpack there. Um, And hi, Liara, thanks for joining. Um, There's so basically, you gave us the facts. You told us exactly what happened. Um, I want to zero in on when you said that CZ kind of started to reveal this type of information and when this stuff started to unravel. Um, it was first written about on Coindesk by a guy called Ian Allison. Um, and I wanted to ask you like how you think that this like, because basically the narrative is that crypto is not getting the credit for breaking the story. And crypto is covering the story in a very specific way. Um, So I want to talk about that for a second. I want to talk about like, when we saw that article from Ian, um, what did we think? Like, was it fair? Was it I'll pull it up and I'll send it to you so you have it in front of you. But do you think that it was like, it was a fair assessment? Like, is does Ian need to get a Pulitzer Prize? Was this like the moment that started this whole snowball or avalanche? Uh, I think that's the consensus agreement by all the major players in the industry. You can look at the the, the post uh what are they called like postpartum, uh, postpartum like breakdown. Post, postmortem, 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 postmortem. Excuse me. The postmortem reports by like New York Times and a few other outlets uh, all pointed to CoinDesk uh, and gave them the credit for kicking this whole thing off. Actually, the most ironic thing, a little side note, is that uh, CoinDesk may have shot their parent company in the foot with this whole article because. FTX's collapse uh, commenced the collapses of a few other major institutional crypto entities. And uh, one of them might have been Genesis, which is owned by Digital Currency Group, which also owns Coindesk. Uh, So a lot of people found that to be quite ironic as well. But kudos to Ian Allison and Coindesk for... uh, Honestly, doing uh, doing incredible investigative journalism. Uh, I'm sure that 
you know, Ian's been working very hard for years to, to develop the sources and relationships to, to be put in a position to even get to write something like that uh, and put that information out there. Um, and you could tell how powerful it was because I don't know if you guys remember, but it, it was either the same day or the following day that SBF came out on Twitter with like a whole Twitter thread saying, you know, this is all fun. We're fine. Assets are fine. Everything's fine. When he was kind of straight up lying. Yeah. <laughs> One seemed like the most trustworthy guy, crypto Jesus, I like to call him, was just straight up lying to us. He was scared of, of this investigative report. So what do you make? So what do you make of this, like the follow up to that investigative report? Because things started unraveling in crypto pretty quickly. Like people, people like everyone kind of got the gist of what was going on and started running for the hills. But when we started to see the mainstream, the mainstream stuff come out, it didn't paint the same picture. It was like, uh, wow, this guy kind of oopsied his way through this magic internet money. Uh, yeah, the blame was on crypto, not on Sam, not on SBF. It, it, was, it was a different kind of uh, narrative. So, and this is actually another one of those things that Ronnie pointed out to me. Like he was the one sending me, you know, the, did you see this New York Times piece? Did you see the, the fortune piece? Because it wasn't just SBF. It was also uh, Caroline Ellison, like a big supporter she was one of the, she was the CEO of FTX, um, or she was one of the people. She was CEO of Alameda. Of Alameda, that's right. By and, the way, uh, you can say FTX. No, no, no. Yeah, by the yeah, like, <laughs> like FTX and Alameda basically were neighbors and uh, supposedly didn't didn't operate in lockstep, but who really believes that? Um, what I did want to say, though, was if you go look uh at news reports in the last year um there was quite a bit of shuffling on the executive side of both ftx and alameda i believe they had changed c level positions multiple times between the three entities of ftx international ftx us and alameda like the c levels were kind of playing musical chairs uh over the last year i remember sam trabuco at one point was uh, CEO of Alameda, then they changed to Caroline. Uh, I don't have I don't have all the examples off the top of my head, but there was definitely quite a bit of musical chairs going on. And in hindsight, you look back now, these signs should have been quite telling. Yeah, Sam had uh, Trabuco had one of those moments where he was like, uh, "Hey, I just need to live my life." And in the, at that time, it seemed like one of those inspiring millennial posts where he was like. I need time to do this and do that and whatever. But now it's kind of clear what he was running away from as opposed right. to moving towards. Right. Uh, I believe, I believe uh, Brett Harrison, who was CEO of FTX US, had also done something similar not too long ago. I think it was maybe at some point during the summer. Wow. So, what yeah. So, to me, uh, I want to at this point that every, every day something new unraveled. Uh, first, it was the uh, whole big thing, Sam being sorry, and then the Bahamas real estate, and then every day something, a day or two, I don't know, something new un uh, unraveled, and it was, okay, what's the big, what's happening next? It was incredible. <laughs> it was like a uh, tabloid lover's dream. It was, I mean, yeah. uh, especially like, you know, I don't think we should get into all that, but like all the 
the speculation of who was dating who and nine people all living in a house together. It's just like a very odd situation from many different angles with a lot of like spicy, juicy details that we'll probably be enjoying for years to come in movies and books and whatnot. And, and the last piece <clears throat> being the, the block. Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to get into that? <laughs> let's, let's get there. There's some things I don't want us to brush over. Um, there, there are a couple of things I don't want us to brush over, but I do also want to get there. Um, because there, it, there's this lingering question, right? At, at least for me. And I wonder if it's the same for you, but it's like, um, there was the whole question of why, Like everything you just mentioned was very, very clear in the crypto media. People were quick to pick it up. Like you said, it was every day you'd pick up a rock and underneath there was a new story that was covered. But when it was in the like mainstream media, it got covered as this like uh, kind of a sci-fi movie or like some kind of fantasy fairy tale they didn't make it seem like something bad happened um, at first. Now it's a different story because now he's arrested and there's pictures of him with handcuffs and stuff like that. But I wonder what that says about the crypto industry from like a news perspective. Uh, Who's who the, the news? Uh, depend, depends on the, on the narrative again because one are saying that, other saying that. It's very, very different because everyone has a different audience and every audience has their own, um, I don't know, it's, it, it, it really depends because crypto, in-depth crypto media knows it's not crypto, it's SBF. But some mainstream media don't acknowledge that. It's the whole crypto sphere shows its face once again. It, it, it's, uh... Well, listen, I, I can speculate here. Um, it's hard to argue that there aren't, uh, editorial biases at many different publications. History seems to tell us that there is some sort of MO by most mainstream outlets to approach crypto from a, a skeptical perspective. And hence, uh, the FTX thing was... A year's worth of fuel for them to just shut it all down. So you you know most normies, like you say, or or in mainstream land, as I like to say, um, better. Most people just get their news from reading the headlines, and everything is all about the headline. And you can you can interpret headlines a thousand different ways. I think. Yeah. Um, so they know that, and I believe that a lot of these headlines are engineered to influence people to perceive and think about it, think about it in a, in a, in a way, you know, in a certain way. And SBF, FTX were the faces of crypto to the mainstream for the greater part of 2021 and 2022. Uh, I think most of the mainstream knew that or was getting acquainted to that. And it was almost like a rug pull, but like on a major, major scale. Like, you know, you and I and Tal, like we've experienced tiny rug pulls uh, on the DeFi level. It's with, funny with a five million rug pulls. 
<laughs> I mean, it really, but, but, but if you think about it, it's kind of the same thing, right? You would build up these little DeFi programs and all of a sudden they disappear. Uh, even though it seemed like they had credibility and real people behind it or real money behind it and all these things. Uh, and I think it was the same with FTX to some degree, right? It was like you, you almost hoodwinked the, the entire mainstream media and the, you know, the, the, the greater public, uh, consciousness, like everyone really thought that these were the good guys, that these are the guys that were going to come in and bring in positive regulation and take us to the places we needed to go uh, in order to, 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 to advance, you know, the, the entire crypto industry and, and hopefully get Bitcoin to prices that we'd love to see it at. Uh, but clearly uh, we, that, that's not the case. Uh, mind will how, how we got to that point, I think, uh, I think it's going to take years till we have all the pieces put together to fully understand how this came to be. Uh, but yeah, our, our, our little initial, uh, um, our little initial, like, um, uh, you know, we, we want to sit here and, uh, speculate on it a little bit. Um, I think it's, it's fun and it's entertaining, but there's no way the three of us can put together the full story by nope. ourselves. Nope. <laughs> no, of course. And, and it's not even we... done yet, to be honest. It's it's still going. He's about to go to jail now. No, I mean... He's about to get... The, the, uh, con the consequences of them falling apart after investing in so many startup levels and, I don't know, other companies, it's... I, I think uh, we're uh, only in the beginning of there's, that. There's going to be so many ripple effects. Yeah. You see, FTX got to a place where, um, one way or another, their their level of influence is gonna have was and is going to have tremendous ripple effects. What seemed like what was gonna be for the positive is probably now all gonna be transferred to more negative. Right? It, this is this yeah. is a lot of fuel for all the big crypto skeptics in Congress. Elizabeth Warren. This is she probably woke up the day that FTX collapsed and was giddy as hell because she wow like I can use this to sell on the Congress floor and uh, nobody can really argue with me and I'm sure she's gonna twist it and try to you know pick apart the story to just make us all look bad and make our whole industry continue to seem like a bunch of scammers uh, even though we all know that's really not the case. Um, so yeah, we got to roll with it and we got to keep showing up to work every day and just, just continue to trust that there are good builders out there who mean well and, and want the best for the industry. No, of course. And I do want to touch back on, uh, like, this is just another, whatever, this story is probably going to be like Mount Gox. It's going to, right. I don't know if it's as severe or whatever, but it's going to be one of those things that. Uh, Way more severe than Mount Gox. Yeah, it's going to be less of a point in time thing that happened, and more than like, and more of like, uh, okay, this was the day that the industry changed a little bit. You know what I mean? And so it's like, um, for us, we got to see the headlines all day, every day, and just kind of like take in what people said was happening. Uh, we also had like the unique insight of like actually, you know, talking to people that were like, oh, sure, I, you know. FTX was my main exchange and I lost all my money there or whatever. And sorry to those people that really stinks uh, <laughs> to say the least, but uh, we won't even go there. 
Um, I just, I do find it crazy that it's like, you know, even through this conversation, you can see that it's like, it's affected, uh, it, it's affected everyone. Um, and I think I, it's I have cool. A question. Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think it's cool that like, we're finally, the industry at least is like, in my opinion, finally being like, I don't know, there was, there was an air of like, I don't know if you guys felt this, but when the story went mainstream, there was this like smugness coming from the mainstream that was almost oh, yeah. like, I told you so. Yeah. Everyone was like, well, what did you think was going to happen? You're yeah. in crypto. Not, yeah, not, uh, not only my mainstream, my dad, my mom, who, who fed off of mainstream media. It's, yeah. It sucks. Uh, yeah. But, and you cannot even start to explain that. But I do have a question about what's coming up next. Uh, what do you guys think about how should people, companies, projects, people that are built? You, you said building, but I, I'm not sure building is the only... People keep saying building, building, building. What, what, but I think there should be, there should be a, a new... Um, benchmark of transparency uh obviously with whole with, with this uh happening so how do you think people should be uh in if you do think the same how should people act on it are you talking about in regards to crypto centralized yeah. crypto yeah changes? okay this I this think... just happened what should okay. we do uh other not, not otherwise what should we do um well yeah. the first step is the foundation of blockchain and crypto don't don't trust verify right um so i would say like you know just based i mean this is not financial advice (laughs) but this is what i would do personally if uh if i were thinking about how i would approach buying holding crypto now is uh utilize the exchanges for what they are they're they're a means of of transferring and exchanging value to you know to get what you want um but it's not a vault it's not a place to really unless you really feel like you want to trust some centralized entity which it's totally fine and understandable for a myriad of reasons uh but if you want to again verify not trust if you want to be 1000 percent sure is Take some responsibility into your own hands. Get yourself an offline wallet, whether it's a cold wallet, a hard wallet, a digital wallet, it doesn't matter what, but something that's not connected to the internet and hold your stuff in, in, you know, in, in a safe place. That's a place where only you have access to and only you have control of. Centralized entities, they can be the most, you know, they can, they can be the most trustworthy and they can have the best intentions but they're, they are, uh, ha- they will always have centralized points of failure and they'll always be, uh, they'll, they'll always be susceptible, susceptible to that, uh, to the weaknesses and to, and to the potential of, of getting hacked or getting your money stolen. And then unfortunately there's not much to do. You see, if you hold money in a bank, right in America, you can hold up to a hundred thousand dollars in a bank account and it's insured by the federal government, but there is no entity that's ensuring your bitcoin that you're holding on coinbase or wherever else uh there's not and there probably won't ever be uh so 
it's up to you to decide what to do with that. Now, given all of that, I still think that uh, there is some value in crypto exchanges uh, being as transparent as they possibly can be without compromising their own business practices, um, which is a very, very tricky line to toe. But nonetheless, you saw a lot of initiative in the last month, month and a half by uh, a lot of big exchanges, Crypto.com, Bybit, uh, a bunch of other ones. Binance, who came out with uh, this initiative called Merkle Tree, uh, which its goal was, uh, in essence, to showcase to the users of, of each of these platforms that this, you know, th- here's here is exactly what we have in our reserves. Uh, it's you can I believe it's like updated live or uh, gets audited by uh, respected auditors. Uh, and again, you in that case are trusting uh and not necessarily verifying so again it doesn't really fit in with the decentralized ownership model of crypto but uh it's better than not having anything right i don't know what other solutions there are there can be maybe you guys have some ideas that i'm not thinking of but uh it seems like that's that's become the status quo now in the industry is that you have to be showing your proof of reserves I think also that it just shows that you have to, well, from an exchange perspective, for sure. I, transparency has always been like a, I don't actually, I don't, I don't know if I can say it's always been a big part of it. I think the main thing is what you said, Ronnie, a, a little bit earlier, which is like, you know, for us, it's uh, the, the, the industry and like the news aspect of it is, is our job and we about uh showing up every day and like i don't know what uh i don't i don't know what it's normally like in budding industries or whatever but i know that at least for myself like the reason i was interested in like blockchain news was because that's what i was doing with all my time anyway like i was like reading up on what's going on in the industry because i'm a nerdy geeky weirdo but um i think that it's like me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I don't know what this is going to to look like in ten years or twenty years. Of course, what those headlines will be like, um, and you know, the like the famous thing is the "Oh, crypto's dead" montages, where people take like the last thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years or whatever, and they say they take all the headlines, and there's thousands of them, of course, and in a lot of really reputable publications like Forbes and, and the likes that yeah. <laughs> just say, oh, crypto's dead, crypto's dead, crypto's dead. And here we are. Do you know that one article that uh, I, I don't remember which publication that says Bitcoin will consume all of the world's energy and uh, by 2020? <laughs> no, yes, it was Newsweek. <laughs> it, was, it was Newsweek. Yes, I'll never forget that. That article is still online, by yeah, the way. Yes. Incredible. Wow. We... I, I was, uh, here's, a, here's a theory. Maybe Satoshi Nakamoto is really a cat because Bitcoin seems to have had a lot of lives. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I also think we could probably do a whole episode on like the uh, the the quote unquote Bitcoin, like reputation that Bitcoin gets uh, because yeah. the the energy narrative is actually true. It's like the one thing we don't really have an answer for. I'm not saying 
like it's not true that it's going to take all the world's energy by 2020 of course but uh sure but whether it is it does take up energy yeah but <laughs> what what's the what is the other side to that truth yeah is that the development of bitcoin mining uh and the interest in it has actually led to many innovations in efficient energy production people are doing all types of interesting stuff now with hydropower and wind power and solar power because they're trying to find the cheapest ways to mine bitcoin and we as humanity as society are probably never going to stop consuming electricity so in fact we stand to benefit from we, we might eventually stand to benefit from some of these innovations that might eventually uh, change the way that we consume our electricity. It might not be something that we ever feel or, or become aware of on a, on a day-to-day basis, but uh, it, it has the potential to do that. And what's the cost right now? Less than 1% of the world's energy intake for, for Bitcoin? I don't like How much is it? 0.01? 0.001? I don't yeah, even know. It, 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 it can't it be is, very high. It's that kind of number, yeah. I, I, right. I read that it's less than the... Uh, it consumes less energy than the Christmas light industry, for example. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a drastic... That's a, that's a really Thank tough you. battle, though. You never want to start a war on Christmas. Especially not now. <laughs> In, the, in this, especially not December. <laughs> no, no, no. We we definitely support Christmas and market across. We're big Christmas. We lo- we're we're suckers for the cabana lights, for the fairy lights. I'm sorry. Oh hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we can do a whole episode on that in and of itself. But um, I really appreciate that we were able to kind of like go into and talk about this uh, this FTX thing from like an insider's perspective, like. Um, you know, what, like, what we've observed over the last couple months, how we've seen this thing evolve, and, you know, maybe even where we're going to see this thing go. Like, uh, we, <laughs> we said that it's nothing that's going to blow over today, tomorrow. Um, we might still be talking about it in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like, the what not to do, you know, the, you know, the Madoff moment. Yeah. Yeah, the do's and don'ts. The do's and don'ts. It, um, this will definitely be a moment that we'll look back on in 20 or 30 years that we won't forget. But right now, I think this month and the last month, it seems like the crypto world is caving around us. And I know for many people, it feels that way from a financial perspective. Um but I, I do think that we'll look back on this in 20, 30 years and say that this was a breaking point in crypto for the better. At the end of the day, it is my belief that this is the healthiest possible outcome that could have been for crypto for the, for the sake of uh, the, the greater crypto good, let's say, or the greater good of crypto. Uh, that, yeah, it sucks right now in the short term, but let's kick out all the bad actors and not think twice about closing the door on them. That's my opinion, at least. I agree. I think that like once diagnosed, then you can start the treatment. You know what I mean? And like, if this stuff was going on without us, without it making headlines and none of us knew what was really happening behind the scenes, it could, uh, it could have been worse. So, um, and the thing is more than anything, 
is that mainstream uh, or the, the 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 normies want to say that this is another death of Bitcoin, another death of crypto, whatever. Um, but the reality is that uh, in mainstream land, they only view uh, Bitcoin through the price, you know, through its value in in dollars or euros or whatever. But we we know, and I believe that the world will eventually come to understand this fully, uh, is that the real power of Bitcoin is not in its price. It's in its network. And every day that the network of Bitcoin continues to live is another day that that network and Bitcoin itself gets more and more powerful. And that's the bottom line. Nothing happened to Bitcoin's network throughout this whole thing. And I think that's the, that's the most important takeaway, right, is that uh, every day that Bitcoin stands is is uh, is another win for our industry. Yes, and even though even if you do look at the price, seventeen thousand after this happens, not so bad. <laughs> no, not that bad. Could be yeah. worse. Yeah, internet coin is worth almost we twenty thousand dollars. We were three thousand no, a year and a half. Nothing ago. wrong with that. Maybe, uh, maybe two. I don't know. Uh, was it bad. was it was like March, yeah, March of twenty twenty. Not yeah. to be confused with. Uh, What's that called? The internet protocol? Internet computer protocol? I forgot. HTTP. Oh, no. Are you guys still here? Or did I lose you? No, no we're, we're here. We're, we're here. here. You're talking about HTTP? Hello? Daniel. Stick. <laughs> Daniel. I love where this is going, Daniel. Hello? Daniel. So I think we got DC. Oh shit. DC. <laughs> Need to have a continued episode. I think it's over. I think you like love. Okay. Tell him to say goodbye and uh, that's it. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if you guys can hear me, but I wanted to say goodbye. Um, thank you, Ronnie, so much for coming. This is amazing. Okay, he's typing to me. He said, uh, say goodbye, we can hear you. Um, Ronnie, thank you so much for coming. Uh, I, I knew you'd be amazing, and you were a hundred times even. Anyways, thanks so much. Nice, uh, you were incredible. And I hope you come back soon, because we only really started to Well, well you know where soon. to find me, so um, you can't even hear me right now, but yeah, you know where to find me. <laughs> a new news headline every day for us to unpack, so I would love to have you back. This was really, really awesome. And of course, thank you, Tal. And uh, we will wrap this up and, and post it on our podcast. So thanks for coming. And thanks, Liara and Avishai, for coming to listen. You guys are rock stars. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel.